Welcome to Becoming Mind Strong, the official podcast of Mind Strong Fitness. My name is Rachel. I'm the owner and head coach of Mind Strong Fitness, and I am here to teach you truth. No more bullshit, no more point systems, no more shakes, no more raps. This is math and science, and we're going to learn how to do it together. Ready? Let's rock and roll. Welcome to Becoming Mind Strong, Episode 5. And today we're going to start off with an experiment. And the only rules of the experiment are this. You're not allowed to filter. You're not allowed to edit. So when I ask this question, the first person that pops to mind, that's who you're going to use. Okay? The experiment goes like this. Right now, I want you to think about the single best teacher you ever had in your life. Don't filter. Don't edit that person. That person that just popped in your head, that's the person we're going to use. Now, if I asked you to describe that person, if I asked you to describe why they're your favorite teacher, what would you say? Were they strict? Were they nice? Were they fair? Did they berate you? Did they set the bar high? Did they set the bar low? How did they make you feel? I want you to think about how you would describe this favorite teacher of yours and why. What made them your favorite? Now, in years of playing this game, in years of doing this experiment, I've heard similar themes come up over and over and over. And I say this as someone who was a teacher for 15 plus years. The themes that come up are things like this. They pushed me. They set the bar high, but they also supported me to get there. They may have been strict, but they were always fair. They pushed me to do things that I didn't know that I could do. And they may have been tough on me while I got there, but they always made me believe I could do it. I have never once heard that this person made me feel like a piece of shit, that this person cut me down or made me feel like the scum of the earth, right? Those are not the people we look back on with fond memories. We remember the teachers that build us up. They may be the toughest teachers we've ever had. They may have been some of the most strict teachers we've ever had. But the common theme is even if they set that bar super high, they supported us every step of the way to get there. Now, why are we playing this game? Why are we doing this experiment? We've talked by now about that inner monologue that goes on in our head all the time. We've talked about how it's our caveman brain, how it's fear keeping us in our comfort zone, yada, yada, yada. We know the spiel by now. But the thing that we don't often think about is how that voice talks to us all day. And by how it talks to us, I mean the tone it uses, the things it says, the words it uses, the way that it makes us feel in its word choice, the actual words that it's using, and the the way that those words affect how we walk around feeling all day. And that voice, that inner monologue that talks to us all day long is one of the reasons that we are at any place in our current lives, whether it's the success of your business, your relationship, your health and fitness, that inner monologue, as we know by now, is a huge determining factor in why we are where we are. And that comes from first and foremost, how it is speaking to you. So today, what we're going to dive into is how to start training that inner voice to be our best coach, to be our our biggest cheerleader and our biggest fan instead of our harshest critic, because the reality is that most of us are walking around berating ourselves. We're walking around telling ourselves we're not good enough. We're not worthy. We should have done this. We should have done that. We're so stupid. We're whatever. Fill in the blank. We are talking to ourselves in a way that not only would we never dare speak to anyone else but in a way that our favorite teachers would not hold that title if they had spoken to us the same way. 
Now, the reason that we started with that experiment is this. A lot of times when I have this conversation with people, when we start talking about how to train that inner monologue to very simply be nice to us, the pushback, the the concern is, well, Rachel, if I start being nice to myself, I'm not going to be such a go-getter, right? One of the reasons that I thrive, one of the reasons I'm successful is because I'm always pushing myself. And if I start babying myself, if I start being nice to myself, I'm going to become a slacker. I'm going to become lazy. And my answer to that is to think about that favorite teacher, right? If you can openly admit that that favorite teacher never berated you, never made you feel like shit, and instead pushed you, but in a way that made you believe in yourself, why is it any different when it comes to how you speak to yourself. It is a false truth to believe that the reason you have experienced the success that you have experienced is because you are harsh with yourself. The reality is that it's holding you back. Yes, you are a go-getter. Yes, you are a badass. Yes, you are capable of insanely powerful things. And those insanely powerful things could be multiplied exponentially by learning to be your best coach instead of your harshest critic. And that's exactly what we're going to dive into today. But before we do that, I want you to understand that it is not truth with a capital T that being nice to yourself equals being lazy. That is a bullshit belief that that we have adopted somewhere along the line that we have accepted as truth, but in reality is holding us back. Because just like those favorite teachers, just like the people who pushed us, we have to learn to set the bar high and then be our best coach on the way to accomplishing those goals. So here's where we're going to start. I want you to pretend that you're sitting on a bench, in a park, on a bench, minding your own business. And all of a sudden, this little girl comes up to you sobbing, like snot dripping out her nose, can't catch her breath, full on sobbing. So you bend down to her level and you say, sweetie, what's wrong? And she's trying to talk, but she's in that full out, full out panic mode of I snot everywhere, tears everywhere, can't snot, more snot, more tears. And she finally gets out the words, I can't tie my shoes. How do you react? Do you start screaming at her? Do you start telling her how dumb she is and that she's never going to learn to tie her shoes so she may as well give up? Do you tell her she's not worthy of tying her shoes and that she's crazy to think she's ever going to learn how to tie her shoes? Or do you give her a hug? Do you bend down to her level and reassure her that everything is okay? You tell her it's going to take time, right? This is a new skill. And you patiently show her how to do it. And she tries and she fails and you tell her that's okay and you show her again and again and again. And when she finally gets it, you throw a freaking party And then you do it again and again and again. And all along the way, you keep reassuring her that everything is okay, that she'll get it, that this takes time, that this takes practice, that she's doing great and she just needs to keep going. Now tell me, which of those two reactions is more likely to result in a situation where this girl walks away knowing how to tie her shoes? The one where you screamed in her face and told her how dumb she is for not knowing how? Or the one where you were calm and patient and reassuring and showed her again and again and again and all along the way kept telling her she can do it. No big deal. This is new. Obviously, it's the second way. This is how a child learns best. So where along the lines did we decide that we as adults 
learn best by berating ourselves, by telling ourselves how dumb we are for not getting something, for expecting ourselves to get everything perfectly on the first try. And when we don't get it, we tell ourselves how stupid we are. Why did I even try? Why did I think this time would be any different? Who am I kidding thinking I can do this? If one way is so obvious for that child, why is it any different for us? But this is what most of us walk around doing, right? We walk around all day spewing this shit to ourselves and just accepting it as truth. And can you imagine the feelings that come along with that? I mean, that little girl would be sobbing even harder had you berated her, had you told her how stupid she was for even trying this. But when we do it to ourselves, that's okay, right? You wouldn't talk to your worst enemy, let alone a child or your best friend that way. But for some reason, we just accept this as normal life to talk to ourselves in that manner. So here's what we're going to start to learn to do. And I'm going to warn you before we jump into this, you are going to feel ridiculous at the beginning of every mindset training tool that I have ever used on myself, that I have ever taught, that I have ever lived. None have ever made me feel as silly as this one. But you know what else? Not one has ever been as powerful as this one. This is the single most powerful tool you can use when it comes to training your inner monologue, and you're going to feel like a dope while you're doing it. (laughs) Fair warning. So there are a couple ways we can go about this mind training. You can picture talking to a child, like our, our little girl example. You can picture talking to your best friend, right? Sometimes it's easier to be nice to other people than to ourselves. A powerful one that a lot of people use is to picture their younger self. So picture you, but at the age of anywhere from four to nine, whatever you feel the most, picture yourself as a young child. Which one of those you use, a stranger child, your current best friend, your younger self, you could use a past best friend. That part doesn't matter. That part is personal. What's going to be most impactful for you? But here's what we're going to do. You're going to put a little red flag on that inner monologue. And every single time, and this is a big order because we're about to be shocked by how often we do this. Every single time you hear that inner voice start to berate you, start to tell you, who are you kidding? What were you thinking? You're so stupid. You're not good enough. Whatever your poison of choice is, you're going to pause. You're going to breathe and you're going to actively imagine yourself saying those words to that small child. So if you're using your younger self, if you're using a stranger child, if you're using your best friend, whatever it is, you're going to pause, you're going to breathe, and instead you're going to picture how you would talk to that other person. And what you're going to notice is that your conversation drastically changes Is it going to feel cheesy in the beginning? A thousand percent, yes. We are not used to being nice for ourselves, and it feels flat out silly in the beginning. But here's what happens. Over time, we know that our brain, the, the state that we're in right now, is a result of the wirings in our brain. Over time, we are going to literally rewire our brain in the way that it speaks to us. So let me give you an example, knowing full well that when you hear this out loud, there's going to be cringing involved. We're going to think thoughts to ourselves like, I'm never going to do this. That feels so stupid. I am not the type of person who has these conversations. If you hear that voice, good. That means it's working, right? That caveman mind is saying, hell no, this is new. This is stupid. This is not who I am. Label, label, label. We pause, we breathe. If you need to put your trust in me, then do it. 
you tell that brain, you tell that inner monologue, you know what? This does feel silly. You're right. I feel stupid doing this. But I trust this Rachel chick, so I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a few weeks. What's it going to hurt? Right? Nobody knows I'm doing this. It's all going on in my head. So what's the harm in trying? Put your faith in me if that's what it takes, because I promise you that with time and consistency, this is one of the most powerful life-changing mindset tools you can put to work. So you've been crushing your nutrition goals all week. You've been on par. You've been eating according to your goals. You are rocking it. You go into the workroom at, at your job and there are some delicious, delicious donuts. And you tell yourself, I can't have a donut. I can't have a donut. I can't have a donut. And because we know restriction doesn't work, you cave and you have a donut. And suddenly that old voice starts kicking in. I told you, who are you to think that you have any kind of willpower? This is what you always do. You're so dumb to think. Pause. Breathe. In your mind, actively imagine that little person. How are you going to talk to them? You're going to kneel down to their level. You're going to take a deep calming breath. You're going to say, you know what? You've been killing it lately. You've been doing such a good job. Maybe this is a sign that you needed a break. Maybe, maybe you were pushing yourself too hard and there was some restriction involved that I didn't even know about. Maybe I just really wanted a freaking donut and I ate it and it was delicious. That doesn't mean my goals are over. That means I get right back on this very minute. Maybe it means that I need a new plan, right? Maybe I need to avoid the workroom or have some snacks so when I walk in here and see it, I know I can go back to my desk and have a healthier snack waiting for me. Maybe it's just a sign I need a plan. But you know what this doesn't mean? It doesn't mean I'm stupid. It doesn't mean I have no willpower. It doesn't mean I suck at life. It just means I wanted a donut. And now I get right back on with my goals. Tell me, how different does that feel? How different are the actions that you take the rest of the day going to be having had that conversation versus your normal one telling you how stupid, how much you lack willpower, how much this is never going to last or whatever poison you choose to drink on a regular basis. And all it took was pausing, breathing, and choosing to speak to yourself the way you would speak to someone else. Now, listening to that, be honest, what came up? It might be thoughts like, that, that's dumb, like that is not how I talk to myself. Good, that's the point. That is the whole point. This is not how you talk to yourself because we have fallen into habits of a lifetime of berating ourselves, right? Maybe it's, oh, that would never work. I have to be tough on myself in order to achieve anything. Well, now I'm going to direct you back to the beginning of this conversation about that teacher, right? Who are you more apt to listen to? The person berating you, the person telling you you suck, or the person coming up with a plan, the person giving you some grace and finding a solution so you can make a better choice next time. This takes time. This takes practice. This takes consistency. And the beautiful thing is nobody even knows you're doing it. So if you feel silly, it's all going on in your head. You, I mean, you're not having this conversation out loud unless you choose to, which I don't recommend. This is all going on in your head. So any silliness you feel is a little laughable secret with yourself. Let's take another one. You go to put on your favorite jeans and they are tight, like can barely get them buttoned without sucking it in tight. And on autopilot, that inner voice starts having a field day. 
oh my God, you are disgusting. I told you you shouldn't have had those Oreos last week. And what are these promises about you're going to start getting on a gym, gym routine? Who are you kidding? Your whole family's overweight. You really think you're going to be the one to break the chain? Who are you kidding with this whole thing? You may as well just cave and start buying bigger clothes because nothing's changing. Pause. Breathe. Would you ever, ever say that to your worst enemy, let alone someone you care about? So why is it okay to speak to yourself that way? Is anything in that conversation motivating you to get to the gym? Wouldn't motivate me. That would cause me to throw in the towel and go sit on the the couch with a pint of Ben and Jerry's. So we pause and we make another choice. You picture that little child, that best friend, that younger version of yourself, and we try again. You know what? I have let myself go physically. This has been a crazy year, and I'm not making excuses. I'm just being honest. I mean, we had our third kid, right? I got that huge promotion at work. That was awesome. I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life. I'm loving the work I do, but I'm not loving how I feel right now. So maybe what this is a sign, maybe this is a sign I need to change, right? Maybe I need to have a conversation with my spouse about getting in a routine. I need 30 minutes a day to myself to just do something for me to get moving, because I bet I'd feel a hell of a lot better if I just started doing something. It doesn't have to be a major life overhaul, but I could just start taking an action, and that action will lead to another one. And I don't even need to think that far ahead. I just need to start, and I'm going to feel so good. So yeah, in this moment, I don't feel great. It doesn't feel good to feel my clothes are tighter, but you know what? Now I'm inspired. Now I'm ready to make a change. How different does that conversation feel? right? It might feel uncomfortable. It might not feel like quote unquote you right now, but how much more likely are you to take action off that based off this, this slew of shit that you're used to throwing at yourself? The key to leveling up, the key to crushing our goals lies in training this inner monologue to be our best coach, our biggest cheerleader, our biggest fan. It does not mean you're going to get lazy It does not mean you're going to lower the bar. Just like the best teachers you have in life, if anything, you are going to raise that bar because now you have someone on your side pushing you to get there. I call it talking to yourself like a kindergartner, but it can be be your younger self. It can be your best friend. It doesn't matter who you use. It's this idea of getting out of our own heads, of being aware, of shining the light of awareness on that constantly running inner monologue and training it to help us crush our goals by becoming our greatest fan. For more information on MindStrong Fitness, visit www.mindstrongfitness.com.